Lowell Tuckerman and Marco Kalovich here. Welcome in to Bay Area Sports Wrap. It is a pleasure to have on Grant Cohn from the Santa Rosa Press Democrat, who was out at Santa Clara last night to see the 49ers make one step closer to getting the one seed and capturing the NFC West and setting up a winner-take-all battle next week in Seattle against the Seahawks. Grant, it's a pleasure to have you on. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Lowell. How are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, fantastic. So i got to say this. Uh, you knew last night the Rams, of course, theoretically, they're more desperate, but you're seeing the 49ers match every step of intensity the Rams threw at them last night. That was one of the better games of the year. Of course, New Orleans notwithstanding. Just your take on last night and just how the 49ers seem to match every challenge that's come their way this season. Yeah, uh, you know, I felt that Sean McVay in particular did a great job. His game plan was brilliant. I have so much more respect for him after that game than from before it because he was embarrassed in, in the in the Super Bowl. He had no answers to Bill Belichick. And finally against the 49ers, he had this really clever plan of just doing these bootleg passes every single time in the first half and really caught the Niners off guard. They clearly weren't prepared for it. The players didn't know what to do. And Robert Sala was really at a disadvantage. He was missing Quan Alexander, the Ford, a lot of his best players, and he needed to adjust on the fly. And he absolutely did. I mean, from the end of the second quarter on, from, from Fred Warner's pick six on, the defense gave up 10 points and scored seven. They totally adjusted and uh, won the game. And the offense was great, too. The offense struggled early, but they were able to put together those big plays late and convert those third and 16s where they probably had like a 7% chance to get them. So I thought, in a way, it was maybe the most impressive coaching performance by both Kyle Shanahan and Robert Sala because their game plans weren't good enough. They got out-game-planned earlier in the week by Wade Phillips and Sean McVay, but they out-adjusted those two excellent coaches and won the game uh, with their cleverness. I I was really impressed. Yeah, um, uh, Grant and Marco here, and you know it was such an emotional victory for this team, uh, especially when we heard the news of C.J. Beathard, the you know third string quarterback for the Forty ers the his brother being uh, stabbed to death uh, at a Nashville bar the night before that game, and just how the impact it had on this team. In fact, I know uh, after the game, uh, Kyle Shanahan had you know he, when he addressed the team, he basically. Was the, he made this thing the first thing he addressed. In fact, we think we have that uh, soundbite to play uh, for you right now. What I can tell you, I spent an hour with him last night, and he was exactly like any one of us would have been, distraught, just struggling to talk. And, but he barely could talk. And, and the last thing he said to me when I walked out the door, he stopped me and just goes, hey, you make sure the guys go win this game. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to say that be, at the beginning because this game doesn't mean anything compared to his brother. We all know that. Yeah. All right, but you guys also know CJ. He's got our backs as much as we as any of us, and we got his, man. It was a special day for us, guys, and I'm so thankful for you guys that you guys could do that for him because um, that was the last thing he said to me, and I know that still meant a lot to him. So I appreciate you guys for that, man. And, again, very emotional. Kyle Shanahan, in fact, after the game, most, most of the players were pretty much were. In fact, uh, if uh, when George Kittle came to the podium last night, he was the last one there, and, you know, he could barely – make out any you know get any any sentences out of his mouth because he was so overcome with emotion regarding that because him and cj are very close and so uh grant when you when you looked at the way this team played i mean you could totally tell that they were trying to play and win one for cj last night yeah i mean i i can only imagine what it would be like 
to have that hang over your game. I mean, it's, it's the ultimate tragedy, and everyone can relate. I mean, everyone has a brother or a sister that you can think, what if my brother was stabbed to death? How would I, how would I be able to move on the next day? How would I even go through life? I mean, you can really relate to that. And I, I don't know if there was a causation or that was the reason the Niners were down 11 early in the game, but it seemed like they, they were a little flat to start the game. And when you understand the context, it's, it's like, how, how could they not be with that hanging over them? The fact that this ultimate tragedy had happened to one of, of their teammates that had been with them for the last three years. Uh, I'm sure they all felt uh, empathetic towards CJ. And um, I don't know if it was the reason that they started off slow, but it, it brought more meaning and depth to the, to the victory at the end. Yeah, definitely. And when I, I look at it too, it something seemed like something changed in the second half because all of a sudden the offense started getting their mojo together. And, you know, I, I go back to those third and 16s that, you know, first the one to uh, Kendrick Bourne that he, you know, was able to slide in for a first down. And then, of course, the big play to Emmanuel Sanders right at the end of the game to set up the, the game winning field goal by Robbie Gold. I mean, you know, to me, as I was telling Lil this earlier uh, before you came on, Grant, with that this is why they got Jimmy Garoppolo to be their franchise quarterback because he's just come through now in the clutch, and it seems like this guy's being able to find a way to win. It seems like each time he's out there, and it doesn't matter who the opponent is, and this was a, such a grind against an NFC West uh, divisional opponent in the Los Angeles Rams, and that this was their Super Bowl pretty much. If they didn't win it, they were eliminated. And so for him to come out there and under under stress, he even got his arm hit on the play to complete that. I just it just goes to show you kind of like this guy's creating a myth out there for himself now. Yeah, and the, th- the, the interesting thing about it, he he didn't really play well the first three quarters. I mean, his quarterback rating coming into like the mid the mid fourth quarter was thirty one or something like that. And what I, what I thought was interesting was just comparing him and Jared Goff throughout that game. Like Jared Goff played better early. Jared Goff made about three or four passes down the field that were better than any throws I've ever seen Jimmy Garoppolo make. But ultimately, we all knew Jimmy was going to win that game because Jimmy's a better quarterback than Jared Goff. And what makes Jimmy better? I think it's something like what you said. It's his, it's his unflappable confidence that is just so rare, and it's almost irrational considering that he is a very mistake, mistake-prone, inexperienced quarterback. But yet he doesn't have. He has, the, he has the confidence of someone who's like Tom Brady almost. I mean, Jared Goff. You see it in his face. You know that in the fourth quarter, he's going to throw the ball to the other team and lose the game. And he really should have, but Marcel Harris dropped the interception in the fourth quarter. Uh, but he kind of crumbled. And with Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, he could be having the worst game of his life. He could have a quarterback rating of 31, 32, midway through the fourth quarter, and it's not going to affect him. He's going to be confident. He's going to feel supremely confident that he can move the offense down the field when he needs to in the fourth quarter, and he does. We've seen him do it any number of times. That's the most impressive trait of Jimmy Garoppolo that we've seen in his 25 starts uh, in the NFL, just how uh, poised and confident he is. Almost he has no business to be that poised and confident, and he is, and it's, uh, it's probably the most endearing thing about him. We're talking with Grant Cohn from the Santa Rosa Press Democrat here on Bay Area Sports Wrap. Grant, you've seen the highs of Jim Harbaugh and the lows of Jim Tomsula and Chip Kelly in your time covering the team. I have to wonder... How does this current Niners team 
stack up against the best Harbaugh teams? Because as we move forward, the Niners are in the playoffs, could be the one seed, could be the five seed. Now the next question is, well, how are they going to do in the playoffs? So what do you see from this team? And when you look back on some of the great teams you covered when Jim Harbaugh was head coach? Yeah, those Harbaugh years were a little bit different because what I saw those with those years were that was a veteran team that was mismanaged by Mike Singletary. And Jim Harbaugh came in and organized it in a, in, a, in a professional way and got the most out of them. This is a young team. This is much more like the 1981 49ers. Not that I was alive back then, but it was like sort of like what Bill Walsh was, build, was building 40 years ago. Uh, a young team sort of coming into his own and we're wondering. I mean, people have doubted the Niners all year because they lost so much the last couple of years and they don't have pedigree. They've been good for like three years and they're wondering, are the Niners good? Are, are they for real? And the way I look at it is, their entire, not to be too dramatic, but their entire season comes down to this game against Seattle. If they beat the Seahawks, they're the number one seed, they get a bye week, and they get two home games. You have to say they would be the overwhelming favorites to make the Super Bowl. They may not win it. I mean, the Ravens are pretty good, too, but to make it. Uh, and then they'd have a definite, uh, a definite puncher's chance to beat the Ravens. They already played the Ravens, and that was close. But if they lose to the Seahawks, they become the five or the six seed, a wild card, they would have to play a road game in the first round. And if they win that, they have to play another road game. And if they have to win that, they have to play another road game. So they essentially have to play four, game, four road games in a row, counting the one in Seattle, and then win three of them. I think that's basically impossible. I think you could say there's a, there's a 3% chance a West Coast team could win three consecutive road games in the playoffs. I mean, it's so hard. That's why the Niners stay in Youngstown when they have two consecutive road games in, in, in the regular season. To have three is just about the hardest possible thing a, a, a football team could go through, and that's why this game up in Seattle means so much. If they win it, they're in the driver's seat. If they lose it, they're really behind the eight ball, and, and that applies to both teams, uh, the Seahawks too. It's going to be probably one of the best regular season football games I can uh, th- there's ever been. I mean, it, it, the stakes are the highest. The rivalry is terrific. And both teams are, are really evenly matched. I think it's going to be uh, one of the best regular season games we've seen in a long time. Grant, before we let you go, how about a prediction for next Sunday up in Seattle? <laughs> you know, I think the Seahawks are going to win, and I think there's no shame in that. They're just so tough to beat in Seattle. I know, I know they lost to the Arizona Cardinals tonight, and they are vulnerable. But I've just seen Russell Wilson win so many close games. The Niners haven't won in Seattle since 2011. They're still a young team. They've really, really exceeded expectations this year, and if they lose to Seattle and lose in the first round of the, uh, of the playoffs, there's no shame in that. People should take a step back and look at the big picture and realize that they're kind of a year or two ahead of schedule. Um, I do think they're going to lose to Seattle, but that doesn't mean that they will, and I think it's going to be a really close game. All right, Grant Cohn from the Santa Rosa Press-Democrat. We look forward to talking with you during the playoffs, whether they're a one, five, or six seed. It should be a lot of fun. Thank you so much, Grant. Good stuff. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Got it, buddy.